the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your mic. Focusing on creating wealth, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. It's every day a new story on Wall Street, yes. But there's also new scenarios on how to approach investing on a pretty considerable scale. It's kind of important that you adapt a bit. I would love it if you can be paying attention to what's happening on Wall Street on a regular basis. Um, even if it's silly, like Facebook's going to invest a billion dollars in a news industry. That headline, when it hit, had to deal with Australia, Australia, crikey, right? And Facebook trying to get on the same page of what does big tech owe to old school journalism and how does that play with you? So Facebook on Wednesday pledged to invest over a billion dollars in news over the next three years with Australia. Big high profile standoff. I would say Facebook kind of caved. But it's similar to the same commitment that Google made. So to me, it's almost as if let's throw something to the regulators or the governments to show them that we're playing nicely. Facebook said they've already invested $600 million in the news industry since 2018. The social media company added it so it was in active negotiation with the news publishers in Germany and in France to pay for content. Um, that's so much more headline news to me than it is earnings news. Learning to use news is important. Short term, there's headline, there's interest rate sensitive reactions. There's the, the news part of the cycle. The one thing you don't need to worry much about is the day-to-day -day PR press releases that come out of Wall Street. What you're worried long-term is the ability to earn money. So a couple of years ago, Amazon bought the Washington Post. And you're like, oh, the WAPO. You started coming up with like little terms in your head that you're like, oh, whoa, uh, Jeff Bezos, Washington Post. And you, if you like Trump or didn't like Trump, but you kind of saw the political coverage, but you didn't see the political coverage. I think it was pretty smart of Jeff Bezos to buy the Washington Post in large part because Elon Musk at, in Tesla has accused Jeff Bezos of being a puppet master for his ventures into space 
don't seem quite as financially driven per se as Elon Musk. So Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are fighting over who's the richest person in the world, who's getting into space the best, fastest, most interesting way. Musk is not obsessed with Mars, but to the point that Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos have taken shots at him for being that Mars guy. Hey, you, you, who wants to go to Mars? It's like going to the top of Mount Everest and living there for a year. I don't care what side you fall on, whether it be Amazon Bezos, Bill Gates, and a very long retirement that has included a lot of uh, worldwide donations to healthcare. But you can kind of see how the rich people are spending their money. Um, and it is interesting that Bezos and Musk are at heads with each other. Yeah, at heads with each other. That's fair. I'm trying to think, is that a fair statement to say? And it's like, yeah, that's a fair statement. I'm I'm not giving myself a pat on the back. So watch that in the coming years. I would say Musk is getting an edge on space as far as the PR press releases go. With the launching of different rockets, a couple have blown up spectacularly. We're like, well, there's good. That's good news. There wasn't people involved in that because that would send a stock down. You're going to see Elon Musk IPO his space ventures. Down the road, I think you're going to see the same thing from Jeff Bezos. I don't think Bezos is just doing it as a hobby. Apple said yesterday that they're going to increase their dividend and they're going to increase their payouts to CEO Tim Cook. Ultimately, the board of directors gets together and they robble. And they've granted him 667,000 more shares if he hits performance targets. So the Apple, oh, that's funny, right? The Apple is being dangled in front of Tim Cook to say, hey, keep doing a good job. Come up with stuff that people want. I don't even think Steve Jobs could have thought that the company could do so well without him. To be fair, Steve Jobs is a bit of an arrogant man. And yes, he did a great job assembling talent, including Tim Cook as a supply side, um, set the factories up kind of guy. He could have gone more artistic in the design, uh, industrial design, and gone with maybe someone, uh, Jonathan Ivey, maybe, for instance. He could have gone more software. Nope, nope. For some reason, Steve Jobs went for the supply chain. And Tim Cook, would he, he typically was a pretty boring executive. He's one of those executives that is quickly becoming worth a billion dollars, but not because he was a founder, but because he's done a damn good job as an executive getting shares of the company. And that brings up questions. When you see someone like an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that says things like, why is this guy worth a billion dollars? There's a lot of people on the planet who are worth just a million. And there's a lot of people on the planet who are worth nothing. So it turns into a headline risk. So there's a lot of types of risk out there. It's the PR side, the headline side, the uh, inflation risk, the growth versus value story that's going on right now. What do you think the Wall Street is going to um, handle 
the where we put our money. Do we continue to support crazy stuff like Bitcoin or do we go with boring stuff like oil? Wall Street's going through a phase right now where it's trying to figure it out, in my opinion. Probably not as dramatic as I'm making it sound, but it feels like there's a shift on Wall Street. This morning, fewer Americans filed for jobless claims than expected. 730,000 filed for new claims. That's interesting because last week it was above 800,000, and we, were, we, we sat there and we robbled. And we're like, stimulus, no stimulus. Is it moving the right direction? Is it not moving the right direction? If it's moving the right direction, you don't need as much stimulus as you have put on the table. Lawmakers are urging Democratic leaders to waive taxes on jobless benefits. We're getting down to the wire now of the jobless numbers and the $1.9 trillion being thrown down as potential stimulus package. That should th go through the House of Representatives by Friday. Oh, look at your calendar. It's pushing Friday. So this morning, taking a look at what's unfolding on Wall Street. Um, it's, it's an approach to stimulus idea. Of you don't really want to be on the sidelines before 1.9 trillion hits in a recovery type play versus – a big earnings versus a valuation. A lot of question marks on Wall Street right now. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, trying to cover a lot of financial concepts. To include, but not to exclude, insurance, investing, taxes. I'm really not good at taxes. Yesterday, television asked me to do a spot for them tied towards the gig economy and how some people are starting to write off home offices. I'm like, that's really not my expertise. And I'll be honest with you, I don't want to end up in jail. And I don't want my listeners to end up in jail. So I'm not going to give them advice that is specific to them when the best I can do is really give good generic advice to help people with investing, to help people with insurance, to help people with taxes. When you start getting into the specifics of investing, it can turn into a disaster. And you're like, why am I listening to the show? Because I'm trying to give you the strategies that work, and I hope you can apply them to yourself. If you want to hire a CFP, it's not hard to find financial planner, Chad Burton, and others. I, I One's accumulating wealth. One is managing wealth, and I'm totally good with that. But the emails that I get that like discourage me are the ones that are like, I have $5,000. Name one stock I should buy right now. I'm like, you're not listening to the show. You're trying to get free advice. You're not trying to learn how to approach things correctly. Game stock, we've already seen go up and go down like a yo-yo. If you want a yo-yo stock, it's going up right now. Me personally, I'm not a big yo-yo kind of investor. I like looking at my children grow up. I like looking at the weather and going, oh, it's raining. It's snowing. It's sunshiny. 
I don't like looking at stocks on a moment by moment basis and worrying did I do the right thing. So GameStop is going back up right now. That may be your thing. Jobless claims show some sharp drop, showing the economy is rebounding. To me, that's more intriguing than GameStop. When I see a large chunk of America go from like uh, 800,000 first-time unemployment claims to 700,000, like that's a pretty dramatic chunk. And that should equal to more people having paychecks. I've recently talked to some people that are going from part-time to full-time. And I'm like, hey, how's your family hanging up during the pandemic? Uh, have you been to a movie theater yet? How's the job market doing? Are you getting more wages? Are you saving in your 401k? And so, someone recently said, hey, they're asking me to go full-time. I'm like, okay, that and the jobless claims. I'm seeing the direction that's easy for me to make money in. Twitter has set goals to double revenue and reach 315 million daily average users by the end of 2023. Jack Dorsey's interesting to me. I think he's got a great tool with Twitter. My big question is, will they ever earn billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars? A lot like a company that is involved in our daily lives on a big way. For instance, like Apple. Every single month, we're spending, what, 60 to to $100 each per phone line so that we can get access to play games like who wants to be a millionaire so we can see our stock quote, so we can get email on our phone, so we can get text messages with a little animal emojis. So like a, a to me, a Twitter versus a Facebook versus an Apple, I look at who earns money to start that game. Again, we're all going to approach this differently. Um, one of the angles with investing right now, Facebook trying to make nice with the news publishers plays directly into Facebook just released a commercial that if when you see it, you're going to go, what am I looking at? You've probably seen a couple commercials recently. If you're watching any sort of live sports that Facebook is doing more advertising and one of them is on groups. And for instance, they're trying to show like, look how cool we are. You can come hang out with us. There's, um, they're trying to show their diversity, which I think is a great thing. I'm not against it in any way, shape or form. Um, but it's interesting that they're doing it through ad campaigns, right? So one of their themes in their advertising campaigns right now is good ideas deserve to be found. And they're making a case for personalized advertising. In the commercial for lack of a deft touch, this is going to be very crude of me, you can see some really, really overweight people. And they're like, hey, do you want to hang out with people that are overweight? Maybe like you. There's a group online at a place called Facebook. Do you want to hang out with people that like Vishlas, a, a pure breed of a dog? There's a group online, and it's called Facebook. So when I search for a photo of my dog, 0111011110, let's say she's a Vishla. Next thing I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of ads for dog food, and it kind of freaks me out because that's fine if you do a search and you see that kind of result. 
they they know you. They know what you're searching for. But when you're like, wait, wait, I wasn't on Facebook. I, I didn't look at anything dog oriented. Why is this popping up? Now, I tell I told you the the commercial campaign that they've released is very specifically tied towards diversity. There's a lot of uh, ethnic minority color involved in like in the groups that you can follow and like and be a part of. There's a lot of uh, it's not fashion models, which give them credit for. They're trying to say, hey, you know. We're not trying to titillate you to, to use our services and see our site. But it's very personalized. I'm pretty sure Heidi Klum's not seeing the ads for the obese group. She's seeing the ads for the, hey, are you tall and skinny and want to be a fashion model and smell like me and buy our – I think it's fascinating because right now the page is turning. Apple for months has been warning the tech industry. That they're about to release a function on their phone that stops Facebook from cheating, from following you when you're not online. From looking at the phone that you're not in Facebook's universe, but they're still following you and they're still – it's really kind of creepy at how much they know about us. So Apple's making a change to the iPhone that's expected to upend the whole mobile advertising sector. And the analysts that I'm seeing follow it are saying, don't panic. But when you hear people like me say, wait, wait, they're going to turn off the ability to track you? In your head, you may jump to the conclusion of maybe that means I should sell Facebook. Maybe they won't be able to track me like they used to. Trust me. When you see television commercials where they're like, hey, we know you, you might be obese or you might be looking for diversity. When you're seeing them throw that out onto ESPN commercials, they're doing the best they can to position themselves, and it'll probably be enough. So do you want to say yes to inclusion of your own diversity, or do you want to say no and you want them to base their advertising based on the simple things that you post on Facebook versus the complex things you follow in the world off of Facebook? I think it's going to be an interesting um, change, but financially, I don't think it's going to be all that big. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. My head likes to draw parallels. For lack of a better way of describing myself, I was taught to read as a child because I lived overseas and my parents were like, "Um, there's no TV here that's spoken in English, so read a book. And there was no friends for me to go out with and play baseball with, so I played soccer. But it was a lot of go read a book kind of stuff. Um, So a lot of the American traditions are lost on me. To the point that I didn't have a friend who spoke English until I was almost 10 years old. It's weird. I had family, but I didn't have friends in my life that could speak the same language as me. Uh, We were not CIA. That's what exactly what a CIA family member would tell you. But we did live amongst the people in foreign countries in a military type position for my father. We were not on a base. This brings up one quick thought of you quickly learn 
um, and you see things and you try to draw parallels and because you're reading, is this book better than that book? Is this character stronger than that character? And I think that helps me in my approach to investing in the sense that I wasn't classically trained as an analyst, but I wasn't classically trained as an American viewer of media either. So Ted Cruz in the last couple of days has said that his wife is mad over the text from Cancun or the text dealing with Cancun. And I get it. But instantly, the instant comparison I go right there is didn't Tipper Gore's wife kind of become a political figure when she wasn't the one who was elected? And Bill Clinton's wife kind of became a political figure when she wasn't the one who was elected and she got into all sorts of heat. If you remember the first hundred days of the Clinton administration versus the first hundred days of other people's administrations that you're like, wait, wait, did we elect the wife? Why is she running a department? And she had to kind of be told, cool down. The media kind of overreacted to her. So right now, Ted Cruz's wife is in the news on text tied towards Cancun. And I go, I see parallels. And it's all I want you to see is we it, it happens again and again. So Tipper Gore, Al Gore's, for lack of a better phrase, first wife that we all knew of, for all I know before Al Gore got into politics, before he became a vice president, I don't even know he was married. He was. But when Clinton was running for office, Tipper Gore – Al Gore, the vice president's wife, made a lot of headlines because she aggressively went after Take Two Interactive. But it wasn't Take Two Interactive at that point in time. It was the it was the video game company that made that disgusting game, Grand Theft Auto. And we go back in history to such a point that it was Grand Theft Auto Three, which is kind of a humorous lesson for you and your children. <laughs> we want to show them the the world of investing. Go to YouTube and show them Grand uh, video of. I don't even know what Grand Theft Auto 1 looks like, but Grand Theft Auto 3 doesn't look anything like Grand Theft Auto 5. So when Tipper Gore went after Grand Theft Auto 3, it was a long time ago. But she made the company popular because she was a non-elected official who was talking trash about video games. Now they're going to ruin our kids' minds. This game should be rated R. This game should not be sold to children under 18 years old. This game has nudity in it. This game has... Uh, disgusting acts in it. It became very polarized in the headline news. And when I watched that as a teenager, as a younger man, I go, she's a gold mine. I want to play that game. And I never knew I wanted to play that game. Wait, 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 wait. As an 18 year old man, there's a video game that has nudity in it. I'm like, woohoo. I could stay at home on Friday night and be gratified in a, a R-rated fashion. And you're like, yeah. So sometimes you pay attention to these. And Ted Cruz, instantly I go to Tipper Gore, Ted Cruz's wife, text message, Tipper Gore, uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. So Ted Cruz's wife is teaching me right now, be careful what you post so that your husband doesn't have to come out and defend himself because of a text message that someone threw you under the bus on. I barely post on LinkedIn anything that is less than a repost of this radio show or a repost of ideas that I want the general public to have and not the specific instruction. I started this hour by saying something along the lines of Kron wanted me on to talk about the gig economy and the tax scenarios as we approach 
oh man, 2021 is happening fast, right? Tax season's like, oh, is it already April 15th? Close. And I'm like, it's... and I had to tell Kron, like, I can't do TV because I the whole specifics on taxes is like, it's it doesn't translate into a one minute segment. And if they try to give me three minutes, I'm like, okay, that's better. But if you cut me to one, I'm gonna it's gonna look, it's gonna hurt people. So that's something that I'm throwing out there for you is some of the information we consume, whether you be Ted Cruz's wife or whether you be uh, Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore, and what she did for the video game industry. Um, it, it's not soundbite approvable. It's not soundbite easily digestible. We are in a reopening trade versus a what worked last year. Um, I let, Let's – even get even more specific bullet shot in the market here for a second. A lot of the headlines I'm seeing right now, a lot of the news on the CNBC, the Bloomberg. And when I say headlines, I'm like, let's go to break. But when we come back, we're going to talk to the CEO of Bitcoin.com. A lot of it is very, very short term focused right now. And be very careful because the emails that I'm getting in the last 90 days are, should I buy Bitcoin or not? You shouldn't ask me if you should buy it. You should have a concept on your own. The question for me is how much should I buy it maybe? I should give you a more of a, a fractional answer to the, your big picture versus a specific bullet shot. Merck is buying a company called Pandian. I've never heard of Pandian. In the world of headline news, when it comes to big pharmaceuticals, it's always fascinating. Because their companies, Kenneth Fraser, CEO of Merck, for the record, African-American, and I can count on one hand how many CEOs of S&P 500 companies I can name, and I can count on one hand how many women CEOs of S&P 500 companies there are. So Kenneth Fraser to me is someone I'm pulling for, for the diversity, just look in media. It doesn't look good that my industry is so dominated by Caucasians, but I'm really digressing. So Merck sparked a 132% rage push in a stock called Pandian. Okay, I'm like, okay, what does Pandian do? This is where pharmaceuticals get very, very tricky. Where this hour I'm dedicating towards like news and how people like Tipper Gore, who is not an elected official, and how she helped a company in a video game industry while she was trying to hurt them. Just by pursuing headline news, she helped the whole industry. The phrase, no PR is bad PR. Like, if you're arrested for being a mafia boss, like, that, that gets lured out that you're kind of a boss. And the word mafia means power. I think, don't quote me, please, 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 please. <laughs> I can already see the Italian-Americans typing right now. I hate Rob Black. He said mafia means, I think mafia does mean power, but again, that could be a high school. What did I learn from being overseas in digesting news nidbits here or not? But anyway, um, Pandian Therapeutics, and I'm, I'm really, I'm out there today, is being acquired by Merck, and it's sitting in the stock up 132%. Could you imagine sitting on a beach right now vacationing? And like, honey, remember that little crap stock that I bought that did nothing for a long period of time called Pandian? Well, they're up 132%. We're on vacation. We're at the beach. 
we're fighting the vaccine uh, we're, we're hiding from the COVID-19 by sitting on a beach in warm weather because there's this general idea that flus don't like warm weather and sitting on the beaches. Coronas like to invade your body in the cold, but Coronas like to be digested as a beer only. Like, can you imagine sitting on a beach right now and seeing your stock up 132%? Pandian does therapeutics for people who live with autoimmune deficiencies and diseases. So you can kind of see, okay, so they make a drug that's for people who are having problems in their body. And the best way I can explain it, and again, this is where science doesn't equal intelligence on a show like this, is that Pandian, if you drink a lot, if you're an alcoholic, if you find that you haven't had a solid poop in years because you're not drinking, eating solid food, and your body is just like sending diarrhea out every single day, your body is showing something along the lines of colitis and having problems with forming solid when that's what your body is supposed to do versus shooting it out as a liquid. So panning is in that industry where they're helping your body when it already has a disease, try to keep up with your immune system. It, it's, and what have we learned in the last couple of years about COVID-19 is that we have a problem that no one dies of a flu. Well, they do. But it's the complications that the flu brings to your already compromised body that really drags down the senior citizens. And that's why they have flu shots for senior citizens. And they have like they separate us. The Pandian's already in the business of separation. They're already dealing with sick people. And that has been a very successful model for Merck's and Pfizer's in the last few years is helping people live longer, not necessarily curing the disease. And I don't see that ever going out of business. Do I think Pfizer did a smart acquisition? I don't know. The science gets a little bit too complicated at that point in time for me and for you. Not for scientists, but for me and for you. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I love what's happening on Wall Street right now. It's very dramatic. And if you know one thing about me is that drama seems to follow me pretty intensely and pretty closely. My first marriage was to a beautiful woman who happened to be a model, who happened to take her clothes off in Playboy. If you don't think getting into a relationship with a Playboy model creates drama, you're wrong. Um, it's, it was heavily dramatic. So what I'm seeing on Wall Street right now feels comfortable to me. I know you're saying you're really stretching to make this work. No, I'm not. There's elevator action happening on Bitcoin and on Tesla. Kind of on off is what I'm getting at. The dramatic of like, wait, 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 wait. I thought this was going to be easy. It's not so much. The drama going around video game retailer GameStop and movie theater operator AMC. They're back in the spotlight. They went up huge yesterday. And we go, is this a Reddit Wall Street 
bets message board push or did Warren Buffett buy in? Like we're trying to figure out, is this financially sober or is this financially cray cray, crazy, loco in the cocoa? And let's just say I'm thinking it's more loco in the cocoa when you're seeing stocks move 100% in one day. Have you ever gone to Vegas? Maybe you're in the hotel, you're having great dinners, you're seeing great shows, and you're like, I'm going to stay away from the casino. But you have to walk through the casino, get your room. And you hear that, woo! And someone just bet on black or someone just bet on the number seven, and they won big. You're like, that's crazy. Sounds like they just put $100,000 on a color or on a number and a random roll of a dice. It, that's what I see when I see GameStop right now. And again, you're welcome to it. I don't want it. I've been married to crazy once before. Don't want to do it ever again. Give me boring farm girl versus uh, playboy model. I know you're saying, I know a, a boring farm girl. I'm like, okay, thank you. Good, good. Yes, we're in the right ballpark. NVIDIA shares are down after they had a strong quarter. I like shares of NVIDIA. Um it's one of those companies that eludes us to find a good time to buy because it always looks expensive. But they're in the right business. They make semiconductors that can help cars automatically drive. Car companies are desperate to sell you a vehicle at this point in time. So they're like, let's come up with cars that they've got really great seats that you can fall asleep in. That's not a good idea. You're not buying a car to sleep in. You're buying a car to drive in. But okay, a little bit more comfortable, sure. And the holy grail right now is let's drive cars that can save your life and they can drive for you and better than you in most scenarios. And it's 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 a area of the world that Elon Musk is owning. But other car companies are like he's really not that good at this self driving thing. It's just he's he's owning it in the PR press release news, right? So Nvidia makes the semiconductors or makes a lot of the types of semiconductors that cars can use to become more intelligent. They make video game graphic processors. They also make processors that are used for the internet so that when you get online and you're working from Colorado, even though your office is in Mexico, that the servers are rocking it. They're owning it. You're in real time. It's, it's, it's working well for you. The cloud, you can't tell the difference between getting information from the cloud versus getting information from your own desktop. So NVIDIA down 1.4%, probably not enough to hit my radar. But the earnings were good. Revenue was $5 billion, beat expectations. So maybe in a bad market, NVIDIA goes down. Because when they have a bad quarter or a disappointing quarter, it doesn't go down very much. So I need something like a, a Biden who has nothing to do with NVIDIA to rock that stock for me to become interested because it's it's so well followed, it's not a surprise what's happening. Moderna is in the news today. They're talking about building a, another vaccine that immune, uh, immunizes. I'm trying to come up with the word, the action verb for immunization. Um, Moderna wants to come up with another shot for you that adequately addresses new strains of the virus. So let's talk about that real quick because this is right up my alley. My mom died of COVID. So screw anyone that tells me COVID's not real or it's just the flu. Screw them. I don't like you. You're not – again, my mom was old enough to die that um, – it wasn't natural causes. It was COVID. But a lot of news right now is COVID zero. 
and how Wall Street wants COVID zero. And COVID zero is not going to happen. So when you see a company like a Moderna or a Pfizer come out and say, yeah, we're going to tweak that flu vaccine because it's going to have, or let, let me correct that. We're going to tweak that COVID flu vaccine because there's going to be variants of it next year. If we lived in Israel, which is like, we've seen two big studies come out on COVID in, since it started 18, 12 to 18 months ago. One was Sweden's like, we're not going to, we're not going to herd, we're not going to hide at all. Wear masks, go to work, be cool. And that resulted in a crazy uh, percentage of death. To the point that they're like, whoops, we messed up. We probably should have locked down. Now, in America, we've got this issue where I, I think half of America doesn't believe in COVID and half does. I don't know what the actual number is, but it's it's staggering that we are so divided. So some data analysts now on Wall Street are starting to say COVID zero is not going to happen. The flu deaths in America, if you go back 10 years, have averaged between 12,000 up to 61,000. But it's typically in the 25 to 45,000. COVID's killed 501,000 people in America. There is going to be growing natural immunity. There are going to be vaccinations. But the business pr approach to it will be we're going to have to get booster shots because it's going to be it's going to linger like the flu. It's never going to be something we get to zero. We can't do it with flu. We can't do it with COVID is what my general assumption is growing to be. So I'm starting to change some of my investments to no COVID zero. Uh, risk assessment, yes. Risk mitigation, yes. Risk management, yes. Risk communication, yes. Risk elimination, no. Not for the next two to three years. Again, that's as far as I'm willing to go out. It's going to be nasty. We're going to have a mask on for a while.